Blog Talk Radio. I stroll through the pictures What I've left behind You once again I'm locked up in memories They all intertwine The memories living In my mind I know tomorrow Cause that dawn will come You will never know what you've done Good evening and welcome to the Stop Child Abuse Now show. This is scan number 3194. That's 3194. Tonight we're going to have Michelle Bless on. Uh, she's running a little late. I know where she is. I hope she makes it here on time. I hope she hasn't melted somewhere, too. I don't know. Everybody's melting today. It got to be 94 here today. Yes, it did, and I'm not happy about that. And uh, we have Lori here. Lori's like my, my co-host. She's always with me, and I'm always appreciative when she uh, is on the show. She always has a lot to offer. And uh, so anyway, I have a couple topics I'm not worried about, and um, I'm sure Michelle will get here sooner or later. <laughs> I can't say where she's at. But anyway, um, how you doing, Lori? You're there, right? <laughs> oh, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here too, sweating. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I hate it. Now, this is one time I'll talk about the weather. Next year, I'm getting a pool. I'm going to put it in the ground, and it's going to be beautiful. And, yes, on days like this, honey, I won't be on the show. <laughs> no. Oh, All right. God. All right. So, yeah, I like okay. that in New York. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> hey, I had to I had to go other places in New York. It wasn't so cool, you know, to the city pool. That wasn't too cool, was it? All right, but anyway, um, let me read the uh, NASCA mission statement, and we'll see if if Michelle gets here. Okay, um, we have a singleness of purpose at NASCA, and that's to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect. And we do so two different ways. Number one is educating the public, and that's especially as related to getting society over the taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse, presenting the facts to show child abuse to be a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone, and it does. And number two is offering hope for healing through numerous pairs and providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse and information for anyone who is interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. Now, some night soon I'll do a show on prevention, intervention, and recovery because that's a topic right there, and it's very, very important. Now, tonight, um, Lori and I are going to run this show, and unless Michelle gets here too, she is the uh, guest that we use on Thursdays once a month, and I'm not too sure where she is right this second. I, I know where she is, but I'm, I'm not sure which state. So we shall see. 
And if she doesn't show, she'll be on the following month. Um, so anyway, that's fine. We have our uh, survivor professionals come on and um, speak about she's written a book and she's uh, and she was also into all kinds of Satanism and all different kinds of things like that. And um, and then she um, wrote her story of redemption, and that was in 1997. So it's been a while. And uh, so she went from you know Satanism, which is what she was brought up with. Um, her whole family was like that, and and then you know went into uh, becoming a person who walks now in the light, as I like to put it. So that's the story of Michelle. She knew horrific abuse. And we'll see what happens. So anyway, okay. So I got the mission statement out of the way. And let me put it somewhere. Oops, oops, oops. And tonight what we're going to talk about now, I have this article. Now, uh, the gal that sent this uh, actually to Facebook, uh, our Facebook, and that's our Facebook right on the NASCA website. You'll find a lot of things on our NASCA website. You'll find all different kinds of things. That's N-A-A-S-C-A dot org. That's NASCA dot org. If you go there, you'll find all different programs and links that you can open up. And you learn an awful lot about child abuse. And why is child abuse, as I say, so important? Because the stats say so. Okay. So if you go there and you look at um, open up these links, um, you'll see for yourself, too, all different types of things that maybe you didn't know about, all right? And this is always, um, you know, very important for people to learn why they should care more about child abuse. I will say that when I first came on this show 13 years ago, um, and I was on another show, a Canadian show, for two years before that, so I've been on the radio for 15 years, and um, I'm very comfortable, as you can see. Um, but things were so different back then. We do have a lot more things to offer people today, okay? And people have learned that they do have a voice, and that's very, very important because not only should you have a voice, but you should get mad. You should get angry about this. Um, about you know, no, there's a way of getting mad and angry. I don't mean you go out and do damage to people, okay? Um, what I do mean by that is understand that you are a person of worth and you certainly did not ask for what you went through as a child, okay, and you go from there. So Tracy M. Oldman, I see on our Facebook page, she's uh, from Australia, I think she said. I I just uh, saw something from her. I told her how to call in. I don't know if she's going to get through or not. Um, because I'm using her piece tonight, and I don't know if she wrote it, if it was written by someone else, but I thought it was very good. And people ask me many times, Carol, you know, um, where do you get your information from? And I always tell people where they can find information. Oh, there goes my cell phone. I should put it in the other room. It never shuts up. Um, That's nice. Okay. That's very nice. Okay. So um, anyway, um, I use psychology today. Yes, I do. I use that. And of course, I've gone to school and all kinds of stuff and learned all about psychology. But whether you have or you haven't, you know, you can use psychology today. And then dash, just type in your, your browser, psychology today, dash, child abuse. And you'd be surprised all of the things that open up to you, okay? And um, that's one place. And I use uh, Psych Central 
um, because of the, the jobs I've had and so forth. I know I've made a lot of information from there. And then there's times, too, that I use the hospitals, like Mayo Clinic. Uh, that's a good place to go, too, and you get a lot of understanding about child abuse and how many kids are in the ER room even as we speak because their parents should not be parents, and they've abused them horribly. And um, a lot of things are going on with that today. It's gotten worse, okay? I have to say that. Now, I won't go into detail about that right now. Maybe another show. So the point of all of this is uh, Tracy sent this article to our Facebook, and I thought it was quite good. So I spoke to Bill about it, and he thinks it might be a good idea to use it tonight. And it's, it's all topic-driven in the sense that there's bitterness, there's resentment, there's discomfort, there's anger, there's disappointment, there's shame, there's anxiety and sadness. Now, each one, those are the topics, okay? So I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through all of those topics. But Lori and I can certainly uh, discuss that, you know. Um, I really am thankful that Lori's here on this show and on every show. Um, she's very smart. She doesn't know it, but she's very smart. And if someone's smart, I tell them they're smart, okay? If they're not smart, I keep my mouth shut. <laughs> I don't say anything. I'm not a brat. Okay, but <laughs> Lori is, is very talented in a lot of ways, and she does an awful lot of uh, things for the neighborhoods that she lives in, um, even for the hospitals. I'm going to tell you, I'm telling on you, yes, I am. In, on the hospitals, she makes um, pillows for preemies, and they're beautifully done, and blankets for preemies, and uh, that's her way of giving and helping people. And she doesn't ask for a cent. She does not have her name on it. And she even sends someone to deliver it so that they don't see her. And I admire her work. And she does also other kinds of crocheting, which are, um, today, what was it? Today, a bird? Yeah, it was a hummingbird, wasn't it? I think I saw yeah, a hummingbird I do today. it all. Oh, that's one of the colorings I give them to the kids. I love that stuff. Stuck in a the bed, they need to see something on a wall now. So, that's yeah, so that's nice what I do. you. That, oh, even, you know my face is bright red over here. I gotta tell you. That. I don't care. I can't <laughs> see it. I can't see it. <laughs> but gee, maybe I'll just go on and just talk about Lori, okay? Lori is a survivor, and um, she had a horrific life also. And you know, many of us on on NASCA have had horrific lives. And either you turn into a person who can use the knowledge that we have, and then the schooling also, and whatever we have in our lives for good. Or we go the other way, okay? When I was to, used to work with the prison system and so forth, because I've done that, um, I, I did a survey. It was a personal survey. And I didn't work with the men, but I worked with the women. So uh, the amount of women that who had been abused in their lives, whether it be sexually, physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever, uh, neglected as a child, um, was so high that it was almost a whole percentile. Okay, there was a, just a, a few left, okay, that didn't uh, ever be abused. Also, I worked in group homes, and uh, I did my own personal survey there. Of course, I had records that I could look at. But those kids, too, came from, you know, a, a past that was uh, horrific and uh, certainly not a place where I would want my children. You know, I love my kids. I adore my kids, and uh, I wouldn't want them to go through what I went through. And uh, that's just the way it is. So 
I'm going to use Tracy M. Oldman's um, piece that she had sent about a couple weeks ago. And um, it says here, hey, listen, listen to your emotions. So, okay, that's kind of a catchy title, so I grabbed it. And she speaks about, now this isn't Tracy, this is the author of this. What we do so often is we're very bitter people because of what happened to us. Well, why wouldn't we be? I certainly have a lot of bitterness in me. But one thing about bitterness, it shows you where you need to heal. Now, someone might say, well, why would I need to heal? I'm not the one that did it. They did it to me. And I agree with them, okay? But the problem is this, still holding judgment on others and self. All right, what happens is um, it actually attacks our health, all right? It attacks our health. And that can be physically, mentally. How many people have all different kinds of psychiatric disorders? They're bipolar, um, or they, and I, I know all about this because of where I work, but they're bipolar, or they have personality disorders. Um, on and on it goes, okay, of things that can happen to people. And I know their records, and a lot of them came from dysfunctional homes where they were abused, and there was a lot of abuse around them. So, you see... If we hold on to bitterness, we can actually cause terrible harm to our body. Now, what do you have to say about that, Lori? Well, I am a wreck, and uh, fibromyalgia is a definite uh, stress-induced disease. It's an autoimmune disease, and that was Mm -hmm. uh, my major one. I got it when I was 17. I was diagnosed, and back then, you know, a lot of doctors didn't even believe in it. You know, it was just coming out and whatnot. I was lucky, and at the age I'm now, um, I spend most of my life in, like, body braces. I, I have things that aren't attached that should be attached. I mean, it's, and it went into other autoimmune diseases, as well as it wore my mind down, you know, because even when you come out of, like, healing, and you know, you really never really fully healed because something wasn't right in the first place, Um it gets tiring. Um, it takes a lot out of you. You just kind of had a whole big view of what you would want to do, like say when you're younger, but when you go through it and you turn around and you're like, well, I didn't do those things. It's because this and this happened to me, which was a result of my child abuse. So I was bitter. I was bitter and angry and, oh, the harm I did on my body because of that rage. I mean, I used to shake. My fist, everything. I would just like throw things. Um, it was horrible. It was a horrible way to be. So yeah. I, I was one of the lucky ones in a way, um, because of my child abuse. All right, the my front of my throat, the hyoid bone was crushed, and I choked three times. Landed in heaven, and on the third time of being in heaven, I came back. And I had no bitterness, no anger. I had no anything. It was like God lifted it from me. I also didn't know who I was. So mm-hmm. that that was the downside of it. But it stemmed from it. So in a way, it helped me. I like that. I mean, because mm-hmm. I see people my age now, and they're still carrying this bitterness around in them. And I'm trying to get this one person to come on uh, because she really needs to vent, you know, because, it's not what your life is supposed to be about. 
You know, all these things that happen to you, there's never an I in like, I did this to me, so this and that happened. It's always, no, this was done to me, and this is what happened from it. So it, it's like you didn't get the full package you were supposed to when you were born to live out. That's what it comes down to. So right. any way you kind of, you know, heal on your journeys, if you're ready to heal, is a big step right then and there. Um, just releasing it to somebody else, talking, though it's as scary as can be because you you get a, like, you're, a stigma. You know, even on a question either, maybe for jobs, maybe for even the, the, the car, the motor vehicle, have you ever seen the psychiatrist? You know, if you got it on a record in, in your mind, it's like, oh, I don't want that on my record. I mean, I can go to any other doctor and I'll tell them, but I won't tell them I'm in therapy. So it's like you're hampered, you know, you have to get over that part. And, you know, anyone who does do it through a therapist, you're going to have a label. And that's part of the personality, though it wasn't what you came on board with. Um, You end up doing all different things. And as you go through these things, you get angry because it's not supposed to be that way. And other people aren't that way. It didn't happen to other people. So um, I would suggest to anybody, uh, the fear is a big thing to conquer, but once you do get past it, you're going to find out you're not alone. You're going to find out, yeah, your experience is uh, unique to you because we're all unique, but we have similar people who have similar situation so you can always like hook up NASA's got tons uh on the website of people to get in touch with uh and start venting some which way get a direction you know this call numbers uh carol's of course the first one down there is you know bill and carol's right there and the information that you can get from carol uh will take you very very far so these things that you are now you don't have to be if you go through the steps of healing is what it comes down to. But expect that your body isn't going to be perfect as you get older because that's what child abuse does to the body. That's exactly right. Boy, I couldn't have said that any better. You did a fine job. Yes, you did. <laughs> and, you know, I don't care if you're blushing. <laughs> I tell it like it is, okay? <laughs> I tell it like it is with everyone, whether they like it or not. I don't even care if they like me afterwards. I'm bad. But you know what? That's so true. What you're saying, what you're saying is so true. Because a lot of people who are in therapy, okay, they don't like, they don't want to broadcast it. Because they're feeling already bad about themselves. Okay, this is part of the things as a counselor that I've seen. Because, um, you know, they see that um, people, oh, you're in therapy. Oh, gee, what's wrong with you? You know, it, there's like a stigma, a certain type of stigma. And that shouldn't be. But I do want to make it very clear, though, that today a lot of people are in therapy. <laughs> okay? A lot of people. Partly because of what happened to them, you know, as a child and, and as a young adult. And then it went into adulthood. Um, and they're very unhappy people. And they don't know quite what to do with themselves. And they're all, you know, discombobulated and, and are very unhappy people. And uh, today therapy is, um, you know, not looked at 
quite as, you know, in, in such a stigmatic way where um, people look at you and say, oh, well, you have to go see a shrink or, or a counselor or a therapist or whatever. Um, because I found out working in Greystone, and I'll t- I told you this, Lori, um, I haven't told many other people, but I worked with the psychiatrist, and I found out that every single one of those shrinks had their own shrinks. Yes, they did. And I thought, holy crap, look at this. <laughs> All right? Because, you know, doctors are looked up to, you know, um, maybe too much more than they should be, all right? Um, psychiatry, the same thing, psychiatrists. Uh, we need them, don't get me wrong. Um, but they're not God, okay? They're not God, that's what I'm trying to say. And people make mistakes. But it this blew my mind because um, uh, we had to work, you know, with the psychiatrists, all of us that were hired, and we went to an awful lot of school, and we had, they had put in our minds, you know, what psychiatry was all about and what psychiatrists were like. And so you get a certain, you know, thought basis of what to expect and, and also, too, that these are special people, okay? No, they're just people. That's the truth, okay? So when you're going out and you come to the realization that you need to have help, and I really do hope that people do this, because if you don't, you're going to be bitter for the rest of your life. You're going to do a lot of down talk in your brain. Uh, I sure did. A lot of self talk that's uh, not very good, okay? And then also, too, you already have bad feelings about yourselves because um, these people who abuse us always told us maybe we're stupid, say, or. Um, or funny looking, or whatever, you know, or you're never going to amount to anything. Who wants you? You know, you're you're broken. Who needs you? You know, and, and everything that they can do, you know, to make you fall apart. So when you have all these bad images of, of who you are as a person, um, you do need to go and get help because, you know what, chances are it's not the truth at all. People who, you know, abuse children, um, they do this to children, and the children end up not liking themselves. They have low self-esteem. They can end up very angry children, and you can bet, you know, that they're very bitter. I certainly was. Lori said that she is. I think most of us have this bitter feeling because who wants to be abused? I don't, and I don't deserve it. None of us do. And it was never our fault. Never. All right, now, let's go down to number two. A lot of us are are carrying resentment around, and resentment, according to what they say, shows you where you are living in the past and not allowing the present to be as it is. Well, I have a lot of resentment against certain things, and that certainly is looking backwards. It's not looking forward. So with the resentment, I tend to agree with that. We can't change the past. What do you have to say, Lori? I do resentment? have resentment. Um, it's more resentment when somebody, like, I, well, I'll use my niece because she, she's perfectly cute. She's also a therapist. She mm-hmm. denies that whatever happened to me ex- even happened. And she throws hissy fits so if you mention it. And for some reason, that gets under my skin. I resent that. 
I mean, I resent the whole past that all of that happened to me, but I don't know if it's because of the, her profession that she's in or or just that she doesn't she wasn't even alive when things were happening and whatnot. She doesn't understand what resentment is. And I'm I'm thinking if you cancel out what really happened to somebody, why are you a, a therapist in the first place? So I resent people who become therapists that shouldn't be therapists. And those people, I'm getting pretty good at weeding out, but she's one of them. Um, physically, as you know, I resent the condition of my health very, very much. The people that I used to know, I went actually through the last couple of days in my head, uh, and I don't know why it just happened. Um, my relatives that I grew up with, most of them came like from other countries, and they were groups of them. There was like six and 12 in a family. So my interaction when I was younger were always at funerals um, because they're around the same age. You know, eventually the dying list would come off. And that's how, and when I started to see what other people had, see the way it was supposed to be. And that's, I think, when my resentment for the way I was treated other than being in the house and, you know, being mad, was actually being with somebody and not being allowed to say what was happening to me. So I resented people for for doing that. And um, I also resented professional people like, you know, going through school who did nothing. But yeah. to, re- to to carry it around was hard, you know. Uh, the world is definitely not perfect. Um, we all got a raw deal. We can't change it, even though, you know, we can resent it. But it's a feeling if we didn't have it, we would have had maybe a better feeling in, in, in us, you know, that kind right. of thing. So these these this list that you're going through, um, is, are important because if when a person realizes, you know, how they're thinking and it applies to them, which it usually does, maybe they'll be able to take it out of the head, you know, and get like the present and like think of a future, a better future for themselves. That's true. So well said. And, and you know, it's so, you know, it's true. So we've gone from bitterness to resentment. And, um, all right, people, they might, you know, question that. But by the way that you expressed how you feel about it, by what's expressed here and how I already feel about it, it maybe gives a little uh, different light on it, okay? Because, again, if you have all these feelings of resentment against people, okay, um, and you carry it with you every single day, think about it, 365 days a year. And me being the night owl, I hear it, okay, from people's voices and, and what they have to say, Um you know, it doesn't get them anywhere. They can't move forward because they're stuck. They get stuck. And and that's no way to live, all right? It just simply isn't. Okay, uh, the next one is discomfort. Now, when you feel discomfort about something, it shows you that you need to pay attention right now and to what is happening because you are given the opportunity to change or to do something differently than you normally do. Now, that can be looked at in different ways, discomfort. Um, I know that at times when I go someplace, I'll feel a, a discom- you know, discomfort, and I will stop myself, maybe go over in a corner, I don't care, <laughs> get away from people, and, and, and think to myself, why am I feeling like this? What is it? What is it? 
Now, I think a lot of times it is linked to the past. I still have a little bits and pieces of this and that. There's some things you never get over, Lori. You know, you know that. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So what I do when I feel like that, it's almost like feeling you're outside of yourself. You know what I'm saying? There's a strange feeling that comes over your body, and you don't feel comfortable. You're feeling a discomfort. And what we have to do is fight that discomfort and say, you know, the heck with you. I'm moving forward. I don't like how I'm feeling right now. If you have a really bad part of it, and we'll get into anxiety later, but if you're having a bad, you know, really time with that discomfortable, that, that uncomfortable feeling that you're having, it's always good to get a, you know, a little bit of fresh air, uh, go get a drink of water, um, whatever, and, and uh, walk around a little bit, you know, loosen up your body and try again. You go back to where you came from in that building or in that party or in somebody's house, whatever the case might be, I don't know, or even at work, um, and just say everything is okay. You see, you have to fight the negative with the positive. Everything is okay, at least right now, right? So everything is okay. And that's how it helps you. If you do that time after time after time, now that would be positive self-talk. And positive self-talk is a wonderful thing. Negative self-talk brings you down. It can bring you down to the point of having terrible anxiety attacks, okay, because then you're bringing up the past and all that garbage that you went through and all these things go flashing through your face. And, and uh, who wants to live like that? You can control it. See, this is what we're learning. You can control a lot of your feelings. You can. Yes, pay attention to those emotions. But do something, find a solution, a way that where you could, they'll take you away from it, okay? And that's the discomfort part. Change the environment for about Again, somebody's trying to call me now on this phone, and I'm going to ignore them. Okay, now, let's go down uh, to anger. Can you hear that on the other end? I don't know if you can. I'm curious. I can, yeah. All right, well, they'll go away. Okay. <laughs> right. I, I can't. If I go to their, call, to their call, I'll lose the show, and that wouldn't be good. So I have to ignore them. Uh, I would uh, shut down the studio. Okay, so anger shows you what you are passionate about. That's a good one, anger. Anger shows you what you are passionate about, where your boundaries are maybe, what you think needs to be changed in the world. Now, that's so very true because I know when I get angry, I know what I'm mad about, okay? So it says here, it shows you where you're, 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 what you're passionate about. Well, I get passionate when I get mad. I can get really angry. Yes, I can. So we put all of that emotional turmoil, you know, we let it go through our body, through our brain, through our heart, through everything, our being, okay, because we're that mad. We can be, and that's not good for you. And yet, on the other hand, it might help you know where your boundaries are. If someone's stepping over what you believe in, okay, maybe they're pushing themselves on you um, in a negative way, yeah, or or maybe they're trying to get you to believe something that you know isn't true about something, and and you have your boundaries, okay, so that can come forth too in anger, all right. Maybe a person is acting like a real jerk. And you know they're acting like a jerk, all right? 
and that's where your anger comes. And that doesn't have to be from the past. That's just you. That's you speaking to yourself. Hey, I don't like how that idiot is is acting, okay? And you're not going to do what they're doing because you have boundaries, and you're going to teach them that you have boundaries. Okay, what you need to be changed in the world. Well, right now we're living in, like you said before, at the beginning of the show, our country, let's just stick to our country right now, um, is in a turmoil. It's a terrible turmoil. And um, we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring or next week or, or even next year, okay? We don't know what's going to happen, all right? So, yes, of course, we, we have that. We have that um, unsettled feeling. It's hard to even make uh, plans, you know, you can make plans about certain things, but then you always have that little echo in your head. Well, I wonder, you know, am I going to have enough gas money to, you know, go here? Electric car, hello, are you going to buy me one? Are you stupid? All right. What are they, $55,000? Um, no, I don't think someone's going to buy me an electric car. So, you know, I mean, we have these things, and we go to the stores, and everything is different. Um, you can't get what you could get before. A lot of times the shipping process is, is being altered. And um, even for my cat, and boy, she's not happy about that, okay? Uh, I can't get certain items for her. So you have, we have this normal aggravation, and it's it's um, unsettling, and it's normal to feel annoyed. Now, see, being annoyed is different than bitter, all right? Yes, we can all get annoyed, you bet. Okay, let's go to the next one. Um, anger. Anger shows you what you are passionate about. That's what I just did. All right. Disappointment. Disappointment. Disappointment shows you that you tried for something, you didn't get it, and uh, it, it, it it's like can form apathy. You can get apathy about it, apathetic. You are still uh, maybe filled with guilt. It shows that you are still living life and other people's expectations or what you should do and what you shouldn't do. Now, that's kind of a heavy one there, disappointment. Um, what do you think about disappointment? When you're feeling heavy disappointment with someone or something or about yourself, how would you apply that? How would you apply disappointment to that? Yeah, for me, um, it's actually more disappointment in myself than what else is going on because I would expect I expect me to do certain things, um, be in control of everything the way I want it to be, the way I used to, you know, be, have the thoughts the same way. And then when I screw something up, oh, my God, you would not believe how low I could think myself um, about what I did because I knew better. You know, as you get older, you'll, you'll know, you know, not to keep repeating the same wrong things. But uh, it Sometimes, like, anger will trigger that, and then afterwards, you know, it's like I have the right to go off on anybody I want. I mean, I could have gone off on the guy who told me I couldn't get my license because I can't see uh, to pass the vision test for a motor vehicle. You know, in New York, I might have done that, but over here, you know, I couldn't. So I kept myself to, my, you know, all my feelings inside. But when I got home, and it was nothing I can control with my vision. I was so disappointed that I actually could not get my driver's license because of that. So the, the surroundings 
were always a disappointment to me. I really never hoped for too much because of where I came from and how things were being dealt to me. So I already had like a very dim view on things. So things that did happen, it was like, oh, okay, I knew that was going to happen. You know, that's just the way it goes for me. But for that part, that's like on the outside. What I can, I'm basically concerned with is being disappointed in myself. And that damage has come from my child abuse. I wouldn't know to be that way. You know, you compare. You, there's no way you can't see another person in your life, though I try to, you know, keep myself away from discomforting people where I don't fit. You know, I, I try to avoid all that kind of stuff. So up on the mountain here, what I've gotten uh, a lot of control back from the outer part upsetting my cycle of what it is I do and how I live my life and, you know, keep me like on an even level because you can get depressed if you really think about the past and I try not to, you know, I mean, even after that trip to heaven, all these things did come back to me, you know, the anger, the, the bitterness, whatever, but not nearly like what I used to be. But I think the worst thing for a person is in there, whatever it is that causes, I mean, even cause some kind of injury, but you start to look at, you know, yourself and I'm like, how could I have done things? You know, this didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. Like, what's wrong with me? That kind of thinking. So that's where it led me. Well, I, I can see that, you know. I mean, I, I think a lot of us go through that because it also mentions here guilt. Like we, we might have, again, people uh, with disappointment. That can be people being, you know, disappointed in you. They think you can do more or whatever. Or you think maybe you could do something, say, and you couldn't, and then you feel disappointment. And, um, you know, so uh, then you feel a guilty feeling, and it shows that you are still living life in other people's expectations. I don't care about what people think of me at this point in my life. I really don't. I can't wait to get to you. Yeah, that's what a lot of people tell me that. Um, at one time, I was a people pleaser. Let's go back a little bit, okay? Um, I tried very hard to please people. It's good to please people if it's in the right context, okay? But I got so, um, I was. I, I guess I suffered, this is years ago, I suffered so from low self-esteem that I figured that, you know, I have to please this one, I have to please that one, I have to please that one, please, 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 please. And then maybe they'll like me, all right, or they'll accept me, or, or whatever the case might be. And um, I'm at the point now where, um, you know, if uh, if I disappoint someone or, or whatever, and I put some, you know, I put myself into the situation and it wasn't good enough or whatever, they can just walk away. And so can I, and I don't care, because I know I tried, and my intentions were good. So I don't have any feelings of guilt anymore, okay? I've gotten over that, thank God, because, um, you know, I think to myself, well, maybe if I had been a different kind of person, um, because I'm always so rough and tough and all this other stuff, maybe if I'd been a more gentle person, Maybe they would have, um, you know, liked me better or whatever. But you see, <clears throat> we are who we are. And and yes, what we see as we grow up 
what we experience emotionally as we grow up, it does help form who we are today. It just simply does. It's like the actions of, say, like the elders in our family. We look at them as a child, and there's terrible fighting and the bitterness and, and the anger and, and all the things that, that that happen. And they say, I thought you could do better than that. That's where the disappointment comes in and all this sort of stuff that we're actually witnessing as a child. We see that. And then as we grow up and get a little bit older, we sort of like mimic in our brains sort of like what we saw. And what we have to do is make our own boundaries, which we've already spoken about, is the boundaries. Because we know as we get older, unless we're terribly dysfunctional, we know that their actions were not right. And so we don't have to be the same. And that's where you break the cycle. Okay, that's how you break the cycle. Just because my mother was uncaring and unloving and all this other stuff, and my father wasn't my real father, and there was all this other stuff, and I didn't even know that at the time. But I certainly felt it because of their lack of love and concern and and even uh, anything that I needed as a child. A lot of times I had to steal, and they were wealthy people. I had all this anger, resentment. Not everyone is meant to be a parent. It doesn't make what they did okay. But I'm a grown person today, and I'll be damned if I'm going to be like them. You see, we don't have to be because we have choices. We have choices in life. And we have to learn that we, ha- we can make our own boundaries. And even though they were off the wall, it doesn't mean that I have to be off the wall. We have to learn to love ourselves more, Lori, and want better for ourselves. And all those people are now dead. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some died prematurely. All right. So you see, I didn't. I wasn't like them. I learned. Hey, I don't have to be like them. I don't have to listen to them. <clears throat> Excuse me. I can do and be who I am. I can either be a good person or I can be a bad person. And uh, if they were so disappointing and all this other stuff, so what? That was then, and this is now. That was then, and this is now. Okay. So next thing we go to, let me clear my voice. It's so hot today, and the pollen and all that other stuff. Oh, my God. Okay. So we have shame. The next thing we go to is shame. Um, Shame shows that you are, what's that? Oh, internalizing, yeah. Other people's beliefs of about who you should be, and let's see, that you need um, to reconnect with yourself. Now that's what this article says. I'll read that again. Shame shows that you are internalizing other people's beliefs of about who you should be, and that you need to reconnect with yourself. What do you think of that? I think that's pretty interesting, <laughs> like right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, different times in my life, you know, there's been shame definitely. And, you know, a lot of it started because of the abuse. It makes you feel ashamed. Even, and, and you carry it as your own, too, because at that mm-hmm. age or that whenever you think it's you uh, that started it or, or, or involved in it. So you automatically carry it. 
And there's been times that basically uh, things that people have heard coming out of my mouth say, because I also have a bad temper, and I am just a definite New York biker, and when I hear people hearing that side of me, I do feel shame. I'm like, how could I be saying these words, you know, going off on it when I'm a different person, when I'm not like that? So... I feel shame from that. I feel shame when people actually, and I don't know why, make a fool of themselves. It just, I have something inside me. Uh, maybe somebody convinced me that that was me. I don't know, but something connected. And I feel shame that the person's acting the way they are, you know, which is ridiculous. So I mean, shame covers just so many areas, and everybody's got their own part of them that they feel uh, shame of. But like I say, you know, when it comes right down to it, uh, you're going to find out that you are who you are and you don't have to carry anything with you. And there's no reason really to feel any shame unless, of course, there's something really, really bad that you did. Otherwise, right. then there should be no, no shame in your life. I agree with you. I think that's very well said, too. Um yeah, I don't I don't have any shame anymore. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to be like me? <laughs> I'm thinking to myself. Yes. I'm, I, I'm I'm listening to what you're saying and all this other stuff, but um, and I agree with you. It's very true. And um, so shame shows that you are internalizing other people's beliefs. All right. Uh, yeah. When we're kids and, uh, you know, we're growing up, uh, maybe your home is dysfunctional, maybe it isn't, it doesn't matter, okay? But let's just say it is dysfunctional to some degree, not as bad as what you and I had, okay? But, um, and you did a little something wrong. It could be anything. And and your parents don't handle it well. And and this is what I tell parents. I tell, look, if, if your kid did something, you know, wrong and you don't like it, you sit them down you talk to them, and you tell them why you're not happy with them. Because kids have brains, okay? They just simply do. I'm, I'm not talking about the one- and two-year-olds running around the three years old. The, 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 the time of reasoning, say even at the age of five or six, children can be sat down, and you can tell them why, you know, you're not happy with them. And, uh, but not to make them feel ashamed or anything, it's a matter of mommy and daddy talking to their kid and telling them, you know, um, I want you to do better because I love you. You see that magic word, I love you, um, is so, so important. When a person can't handle it, when someone says that they love them, that's bad. Okay, that's so, it's like a dysfunction in a, in a sense in, in that other person. Um, not everyone has to love you. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I'm not. You know, I just want you to understand that you know someone. If they say, um, "Oh yeah, okay, whatever, whatever," you know, and they can't handle your love for them, it shows that they have a problem with love. They have problems with their emotions that goes along with love. Okay, somewhere in their life they got screwed up. Maybe they were abused. And um, they were, you know, I even sexually abused, right? And uh, the person will say, well, this is how I show you that I love you. And then when they get older, 
they realized, hey, that's not love. I was assaulted, okay, and they were. So then they have a problem with the assault because it flashes through their mind and then the word love. So people have to learn how to truly love and what does that encompass, you know, when you're um, a child, you know, that's finally turning into an adult and you want to love a person and you want them to love you back. That's when you know that you're on the road to healing. Even though you were used and abused as a child, and, oh, it's because I love you. This is how Daddy's showing you love. Sometimes it's right in the family, isn't it? This is how I love you, and they can't deal with that. And that causes a lot of shame, you know, because as they grow older, they realize, hey, that was called incest, okay? That's incest. And maybe daddy even told them that they liked it. And that's not true. The body responds to stimuli. It absolutely does. That's how God made us. And that's why we procreate. We have our children, (laughs) okay, or whatever. And, uh, you know, so, you know, the body does respond. But the uh, the sex and the love part is many times very um, mixed up in a person's mind, and they have to learn to work through that. They may need a therapist for that. And when I tell people to go for therapy, you know, to a therapist, and then they'll probably get some medicine also from psychiatric, possibly. Maybe they, have, they become bipolar, or maybe they're a little bit schizo. They have a little bit, you know, they suffer a little bit from that. Um, believe me. Uh, you know, maybe they avoid people. Maybe they're very avoiding of people because, you know, and they have that avoided personality because uh, people have hurt them too badly. This happens many times too, and it's all in the psychiatric field, all right? And um, those are the lightweights compared to, you know, what people can be. Borderline personality disorder is the most heavyweight, and that's because they were so terribly abused that they then can dissociate, um, they have their borderline personality disorders, and uh, they're a mess, and they many times need maybe four or five different meds, okay? So that's a different thing right there. But with generally speaking, okay, first of all, shame that shows you you are upsetting other people's belief of what you should be, well, who knows if they're right or wrong? You know what I'm saying? That's true. Um, That's true. You know, um, you know. Uh, look, all parents want their kids to grow up and be uh, a doctor <laughs> or um, whatever. Something to say highbrow. It doesn't mean then if the child doesn't say have the uh, ability to reach that standard of what they expect from them, that doesn't mean that the, the child then should have shame. There's all ways. That's emotional abuse, by the way, because if you keep harping on a kid that they should be a doctor or they should be a lawyer <laughs> or they should be um, whatever, something that you have to go to school for for many, many, many years, a psychiatrist, all right, and the kid can't do it or maybe doesn't even want to do it. That doesn't mean that the expectations should make that kid feel ashamed and that they are internalizing them because they didn't meet their expectations, and that's bad. That can cause all kinds of problems, too. Okay, let's go on to the next one. Um, Anxiety. How many of us have anxiety? 
those of us that's who my chief here. problem my chief problem i oh, I still please. get flashbacks at night. I'm telling you, I still get flashbacks that anxiety of my father walking down my hallway to my bedroom at sixty five years old every single night still, no matter what it that's why you know at my point they started giving me a sleep pill. Because that anxiety could wake me right up. That's how fearful it was for me. So that that's like a curse. It's like a curse of life, having that. You go into different places, you're anxious. You have to do this, you know, perform doing that. You're anxious. It's like you have it all the time. And it cripples you. And I think that that's like definitely half of me. And it's obviously not leaving. So it's something you have to accept and deal with, but it's not fun. Not fun. No, it's not. And, you know, again, everyone can have a certain amount of anxiety without it actually being a problem. It does stem It does stem from, you know, not liking self enough. Maybe you don't meet your own expectations. A lot of times when we make our goals for ourselves in life, we have we put our own goals too high, and then you crash. Okay, that can happen so often. And then you start disliking yourself, and then you start getting anxious. Um, I, I could have done better, or, you know, I'm, I'm not feeling good about myself or whatever. And then anxiety can turn into an anxiety disorder. And and that's when um, a person, they lose their self-esteem. They lose, lose self-confidence. You know, they just, uh, they hate themselves, and many times they can, okay? Because that anxiety is coming from somewhere. And um, so if a person feels anxious, they should go and seek help to find out, you know, they might have heart palpitations. All right, let's talk about how it works on you physically. Um, You know, their heart will beat faster, they'll get heart palpitations, they can get that. Um, They might become people that don't really say want to go out in public that much because uh, they're anxious, you know, they're anxious that they're going to have some kind of anxiety attack. And that can turn in then to panic. And, and panic can turn into panic disorder, which is what I went through. And um, until I found my own way of getting rid of it. And I, I did it, but I took it. I had it for many years, Lori, many years, starting at the city pool in Staten Island at the age of nine. And because some guy was looking at me with hatred, and I don't even know who the jerk was. I'll call him a jerk, <laughs> all right, looking at a little girl like that. And, um, you know, I don't know what caused that. And it lasted until I was 49. So if we don't get help for our anxiety, and there's all different levels, and it can turn into all different things, all different dysfunctions, if we don't get help for it, and there's nothing wrong with taking medicine, Okay, I know we have a couple people that think that medicine is a bad thing, okay? But I want to make it perfectly clear that it doesn't have to be. And no one has the right to say you shouldn't take it or you should take it. It's an option. But I can tell you this, if you do take it and you're on the right type of meds, they have to experiment a little bit before they can find the right medication that's going to make you feel better and um, calm you down. Um, so you can think straight, become more productive, things like that. Um, 
and like yourself better. I mean, it's just uh, there's so many things, okay, that people go through. There's nothing wrong with taking a pill. There's nothing wrong with it. Once they realize what pill you need, you take that pill, you feel better. And who knows, maybe in six months' time, maybe in a year's time, because of repetition of the way you're starting to feel about yourself and the way that you're able to progress and go forward, to go forward and to do things, um, don't stop your pill automatically, boom, like that, because that, that's detrimental, all right? You don't do that. You wean yourself down with the doctor helping you to wean yourself down, and you try maybe not to take the medication for a while, see how it works. If you feel anxious again and you know you're going down the same road, there's nothing wrong with you going and getting your medicine again. There's nothing wrong with it. What is wrong is how people treat children. Or maybe you're in a relationship that's very, very bad and you didn't realize it. You walked into that blasted relationship thinking that it was all sunny, okay, and it turns out to be a, a, a monstrous thing in your life because the person's not right for you. And then that person makes you feel bad about yourself and throws all the things back at you, maybe what you heard when you were a kid. Who's going to want you? You're stupid and all this other stuff. You that got that right. Through. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. That's what can happen so often. And unfortunately, it happens too much, Lori. And then people who really dislike themselves, that's where you can, you know, they have the suicidal ideations. They want to die. They don't like themselves. They're not good for this world. And um, maybe they were bullied too much. That can happen way back in school. And then they get into, uh, you know, uh, situations where they're bullied in relationships and they haven't gotten the help that they needed when they were a kid when they were bullied. because And that's what's going on right now. Right now there's a lot of bullying in school, and it's horrible. There's always been some, but right now there's more. And those kids, they turn into sad children, all right, sad children. And, you know, the ones that are bullied so. And they're the ones you have to watch out for. And I was asked today to speak a little bit about suicide because what's happening is um, we have something that I might keep for another show. I don't know where I might go into it. We'll see. Um, with kids being bullied in school, okay, uh, what happens? School, school is a very important thing in a child's life. And they can have either a good time or a bad time in school. Ah, maybe there's some in the middle, too. I don't know. And um, if you have a bad time because you're being bullied all the time or made to do things that you shouldn't want to do or, or you have to give people money or, or whatever the case might be, which is a big thing that's going on in schools right now, uh, they're teaching kids how to fight, and this is happening in garages, and the parents are right behind it. It was on the news. I don't know if you heard about that. Mm. I think I will talk a little bit yeah, you well, said, might, this is not surprising. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I should talk about it because there's something going on now in the schools, and it's in Virginia, okay? This is where it's starting up, but I'm sure if it's in Virginia, it's everywhere else too. But uh, the parents are actually – I have it right here. Yes, I do. All right, the parents are actually uh, teaching their children. They're coaching them. Now, listen to this. This is craziness. 
all the things that we just spoke about from this article, okay, these kids are going to go through it if they don't get help. And, and the last thing we'll talk about from this article is sadness. And you can be sure that these kids here who are going through this in the school are going to be sad kids. And it's, that's where the suicide rate has gone sky high. Now, in, in the middle school, middle school, think about the ages of kids in middle school. I know New York is different than New Jersey, okay? But um, at least it was when I went there. When you were in ninth grade, uh, you were still in the, uh, in, you weren't quite in high school yet. Now, they've changed that, I think, have they? And yes or no? Yeah. Yeah, things have changed. That's right. For the worst. Okay. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. But in middle school in Virginia, parents are hosting fight clubs. Now, I became very, very angry when I, I saw this. With all the fighting out on the street and all the things that are going on in our country, so now these dumb parents are going to uh, host fight clubs? What's wrong with them? Kids plan fighting. Schools are involved. The, the kids are walking down the streets, will all of a sudden be attacked. They can be attacked in the bathrooms. They can be t- attacked in the hallways. And in doing so, they're actually being rewarded by the different clubs and by the different parents. They actually give them money for that. And then they also, too, as a reward, they also, too, want these kids to beat children up and demand money from them. Well, it says here the suicide rate is up. Well, I guess it is. What kind of craziness is that? Generational generation of people that are child abused themselves, this is what they grow into, and they repeat the cycle even worse. That's disgusting. Now, it's considered child abuse on this one station that I was watching today. And um, it, I, 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 I agree with that. Because you remember, we are many times what we see. And if we have parents that are actually taking children in the garage, clearing the garage out so there's room, and teaching them how to fight, and uh, it, this is on TikTok too. I'm going to let you know that. It's on TikTok. I mean, it's, it's in social media. It's all over the place. Um, what is the point I don't, I don't get it. And they said, too, that the parents should be criminally responsible. They should be held, you know, and, and go to prison or at least fined very heavily. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they practice in homes and garages. This should be a blanket law right off from the start. Yeah. Right from the start across the whole country. This is what the world is coming to. We're, this is what's happening. This is here. God's sake. It says here, so yes, hallways and bathrooms. And then also, too, social media. It's it's on TikTok right now, evidently. Now, I haven't seen it. I didn't look. But uh, they insisted students give money. Um, they, they go after kids and they want their money. Well, what kids have that much money? Maybe they make them go home and get money. I don't know. I don't understand that one. Um, they or they give them certain challenges that they have to do in school. Now, they were sort of like skirting over this. I think as time goes by, we're going to learn more, and I'm going to watch this. 
And then also, too, what does it say here? Oh, my God. I always have so many notes, don't I? Um, brawls for money. And let's see, battling, battling and, and challenges. They make them do certain challenging things, whatever that might be. They don't go in detail. Now I'm going to look into it and see just what those challenges are. But kids are getting so upset because maybe they can't do those challenges. And it says here, TikTok brawl posted on social media. And this is involving kids 11 to 14 years old. So now you have kids. I'm just, yeah, I'm, you know, you give me the age, and I feel so bad for these kids. But this is that's the age where they're really being molded, you know. That's mm-hmm. that's really the age. It's just so sad. Like we don't have enough problems in our world. Someone's got to, you know, come up with this stupid idea, and uh, and then it catches on because people are so messed up in this world right now because of all the things that we're we're seeing. And we're already seeing a lot of violence, aren't we? So then the kids, you know, this becomes like a way of life. And um, so they go into school, and I'm going to find out more about this, Lori, and maybe do a heavy show on it. If there's more to be found out, I don't know. But this is all over Virginia. Yeah. It's all over more than there. It's all over more than there. I'm this sure is, is going. This is going countrywide. As we speak, it's happening all over, and it's catching on because it's like you know when they started with dog fighting, it, get, it entertained these sicko people. Well, this is even more entertaining. You know, watching kids do this to to other people. Everybody's divided into groups, and if you don't, you're not a single anymore. And you get into where. It's this kind of group of people that you're hanging out with or people that take you into their lives. you got problems. And this is what's happening to all over the country to our kids. I mean, it could be my grandkids if I had one. Mm-hmm. You know, something's going to change. And making people aware, especially with like you're doing, speaking out for it is making people alerted, you know, to at least, Explain to your kids that this could be happening to you, what to do. Like you teach them stranger danger. Now you teach them, you know, don't follow someone you don't know into a bathroom or into a closet or into a group place where there could be other kids already there waiting for you, you know. You're, you're like, going to be drafted into a fight. You know, it's, just, it's a pre-fight club, and this is what they're doing. They lowered the age. That's disgusting. It really is. It's disgusting. I mean, kids are sad as it is because there's so much uh, chaos in the world right now and in our country. Biden, he went and fell again today. He was at some big uh, thing. I just saw it as I walked by the TV, and I don't know where he fell or what. But we have a country where our leaders are, are, you know, um, they should be changed, you bet. And um, there's so much discord. There's so much hatred. There's so much this. There's so much that. And uh, so then to have this for kids on top of it all, you seem to know a little bit more about it than I do. And um, that's, I, I was shocked, all right, to be honest with you. Nothing usually shocks me, you know that. <laughs> but, um, I mean, kids get bullied in school. We all know this. 
And then to have this on top of it all, where's the intelligence? Where's the integrity? Where is it? What's wrong with people? Um, it's it's hard enough, John, you know, just going to a, a normal school. I feel so sorry for these kids and for kids today. It's hard enough being a teenager. I mean, you know, you're you're not a kid kid and you're not an adult. I mean, your hormones are all changing. You've got all these things going on in your mind and all this other stuff. And um, you don't need to be pushed around in bathrooms or in hallways or made to do challenging things or expected to do them where you're going to get beat up or come up with money, um, whether you have it in your pocket or maybe you have to steal it from home or wherever, and, and, and uh, give it to them, otherwise you're going to get beat up, or any of the other things that they're talking about. Self-defense, now that's something kids can be taught, but this has nothing to do with self-defense. This is, this is re- ridiculous. And I would love to know who started this one, because let me tell you something. Um, they need to be stopped and they need to go to jail. And all these parents that are involved in teaching children this in their garages, where they open up their garages and have kids in there um, learning how to fight and what to fight for and, and all this other stuff, um, they they need to be at very, very, at the very least, fined so heavily that will make them stop. You know, money talks, Lori. If you get people in the pocketbook, that has more uh, meaning to them, unfortunately, than a lot of other types of things, all right? So, but if you put them in prison, too, or they go to jail for a while, whatever, um, I guess it would have to be also, too, put under child abuse. This is something new to me, not bullying. We've known about bullying all our lives, but this type of bullying where parents are actually coaching children. So I think they're trying to decide what to do with it. And so what I saw quickly on the TV, I heard someone say that it should go actually under child abuse because you are abusing children and you're teaching your child to abuse other children. Isn't that great? I want to see the laws made already. I honestly do. I don't want to just see the, this is what's happening on the news. I want to see now this is what we're doing about what's happening. Because all these kids that are going through all this, they're going to be in high school by the time anything really changes for them. You know, because it takes so long for people to get together and introduce bills and make laws. So you're getting thousands of kids already involved in this kind of stuff. And uh, you know their lives are altered. They're not going to really turn out as well as they should because those were the formative, really formative socialization years um, that they were supposed to have a normal, you know, existence with. But there are many, you know, there's a lot of schools that are really good and they don't have to put up so much with this. But the really hardcore schools, this is reality in those schools. And nobody is safe, and even the teachers, they're not safe. And this has been going on for years. That's why they don't get involved with fights, you know, out on the playground or any other kind of thing because they're afraid of the kids. And this was one of the reasons we moved because I had to get away from those people. I can't live with people who think like that, and there's so many of them. And, and And they seem to be 
Um, usually, like not paying high jobs, you know, like working type thing that it's not making enough money, and they're angry because they can't buy the things that they want to do. Whatever it is that that gets them beaten on the kids just for being alive and costing them money, this is where it all starts. You know, so they're angry in the first place. So they're in. If you have no money, they will do anything these people to get money, and they've seen especially if they're from another country, they've seen these fight clubs all over the place. I mean, they they will draft kids like in elementary school and, and equip them with guns. So what people put kids through is almost like commonplace. So I've heard so much of this because of where I came from and where the people mm-hmm. are that I know about it. That That's how I, you know, found out about it. I experienced a touch of it uh, as I was aging out of high school this is really starting to happen. So it's been going on for a lot of years. It's just the news wasn't reporting it because they didn't want anyone to know about it because this is a big deal. But now that it is reported, now that it's getting known, we need to get somebody in there to make it legal. Definitely in the pocketbook, find these people. You got to find them because the, the jail system is already overcrowded. So if anything that, They'll so, look at this as no big deal. They'll get 10 days if that's it. You know, that, that's a waste. But do something that affects, that affects the people themselves to make them stop in the community. You know, if the, the angels are walking around, they need to get more organizations, and this has to be covered as a topic for uh, an organization to be informed uh, to also come into, you know, existence because this is a, another topic that has come up in society. So it's like everything happens after, you know, there's something really bad that's going on. So since this is it's new now on the news, but it has been going on, more organizations have to be formed for protection. They have to service right. for these kids and for the victims. Yeah, that's the point we're at. Well, here's, this is the, the point also, and that's so well, I, I just love the way you talk. Um, you know, we're having such a problem. We're having such a problem, Lori, I mean, with our country, okay? So people, they go to jail, and they, they're back out <laughs> in a day and a half or something, okay? And then with the overcrowding in the jails, they're even letting pedophiles out. Are you nuts? I mean, this is what our country has been reduced to with this type of mentality. Um, pedophiles ruin children's lives forever, all right, I have to tell you that. And uh, how we handle it is decides as to whether we heal or not, okay, how we handle it, and if we get the proper help and the proper counselors, therapists, psychiatrists, whomever, um, whatever you choose. But the point is this. With kids being taught all this stuff, and you're right, it, it could very well be generational, you know, because uh, the parents were like that. It's something that they're, what they, they're brought up with. And the cycle then has to be stopped by the law, you know, and uh, they have to stop letting people out of jail that uh, should be in jail and then put these creeps, the ones who are, in, in, you know, teaching children to become bad people, teaching children to become bad people, put them in jail. Let them do some time because, you know, we have to stop what's going on in our world and what's going on in our country. 
So let's start with our country first. And and hopefully, um, I mean, other people are getting mad. Um, there's a little bit of, you know, people becoming like vigilantes. I don't blame them. I do believe in self-defense. I wasn't brought into this world to be beaten up or, uh, you know, or people to tell me what I can do and what I can't do. I still believe in freedom of speech and I speak my mind, which we all well know. And we all have that right. Yet. Okay, yet. Now, I hope that things change and go back to the way they were so that we can continue being who we are. So these organizations that have come up that's teaching children that it's okay to beat other children up, I mean, like you said, it's got to stop. Because if it's all over, not just in Virginia, but if it's all over the place, and I went to some rough schools too. I was out in Staten Island. And, uh, you know, I didn't see any of that stuff back then. I didn't. However, I saw other things back then, a lot of drug abuse in my school where the, the, the cars would pull up alongside the building. And, uh, you know, at lunchtime, I didn't have to stay in the schoolyard. I could go down the street and get my malted balls. That's <laughs> such a nut. I, I didn't care about staying in the schoolyard. I wanted to get my candy. I'm a candy freak. So, um, But I'd see these black cars pulling up, and these kids, they were bone thin and, of course, bruising all over because they had track marks everywhere. And, and they were shooting up, all right? They were shooting up. And it wasn't uncommon. And the teachers didn't do a thing. They're in the schoolyards. I'm walking back from the store down there, and, and I'm seeing it, and I know they saw it from the schoolyards, but they didn't do anything. Okay? That was in Travis, PS26. And, and I saw that stuff. So, you see... If the adults don't get control, and if there's bad adults out there who are controlling children, then children are going to become, you're right, like the adults. Because that's what they know. And it is child abuse. Absolutely. I tell you, we had a little, oh, I'm sorry, but I had this little girl over here and she was actually my mm-hmm. painter's granddaughter first one mm-hmm. little kid i was seeing and she was watching this one show uh dance something dance moms or whatever i never heard of it before um but what they do is they have all these little kids uh i guess do these dance steps you know full costume and i noticed that the mothers of these people as well as this person who was teaching them like they were in the army or something and wanted to go through the screen and just, like, remove her. She was that abusive. Um, I know that these mothers who were think they're living through their children is what they're doing. And yeah. you can see they all have, you know, the makeup on and the hair done and my child's better than this. But if you watch the faces of these children, they're being broken. I found that to be child abuse. I honestly it is did. child abuse. Years ago on this show, when we used to have um, Community Matters, that was a show. And I know Bill's listening. I liked that show. 
And um, what MJ, she was uh, on the team at that time, and, and, and I miss her. So today she's like CSI. I mean, this girl is outrageous. <laughs> she's, she was a nurse in RN for many years, and then she thought she was going to retire. Well, she ended up getting a phone call and said, oh, no, you're not retiring. You're going to work uh, with us. And, and, you know, when calls come into her house, they find bodies, they find all kinds of stuff. And um, she works right there, you know, with those type of people, not going into too much of what she does, all right? So anyway, the point is this. Um, she used to bring in articles, lots of articles. She'd work all week long, Lori, to find these articles, and we would discuss them. And you don't have to be a rocket scientist to discuss these articles that she brought in because they were, um, you know, it told you what it was and, and, and what was going to happen to the people that were caught. And it seems to me that at least back in those days when we were running this show, there was more um, police activity where they were allowed to bring people in and all kinds of things, and people went to jail who belonged in jail. Now, these little girls that you're talking about, that was a topic one night. And let me tell you something. These little girls, like look at John Denae. Now they're finding out more information. The poor little girl can't even lay in rest. I don't know what's going on. Now they think they really know who who murdered her, John Denae. And um, I saw that on the news the other day. We'll see what happens. Because it was, all, it was like a cold case, and it was declared a cold case, and... Um, because they couldn't decide exactly who did it. And I don't know who they're talking about yet. We'll find out, okay? But um, she was one of those little girls that was, you know, dressed in, in eye makeup. And, of course, I wear eye makeup. But I'm a little girl. You don't do that. And, and all this other stuff, made to look older, made to look sexual, a lot of them. Not so much Jean Vinay, I don't believe. But a lot of them um, were taught how to dance, you know, dance in a sexual way. Um, I have no problems if you're an adult and you're dancing in a sexual way. Okay, that's your choice. Don't do that to little kids. That happened over my house in Peaburg, when I lived over in Peaburg before I moved over here to Oxford. And uh, my granddaughter was just a little girl at that time, okay. And um, she was dancing, I thought, in a very suggestive way. And I didn't like it. So I went in and I told her mother that, um, you know, that I didn't like it. And uh, she said, well, she got that off the TV. Because they were looking at certain shows in those days where there was dance shows and stuff. And I said, I don't care where she got it from. She's my granddaughter. She's my goddaughter. I don't want my goddaughter jiving there like that, okay, bumping and grinding and <laughs> all this stuff. And she had on a little, little, little you know, skirt. It didn't look, not only did it not look proper, but it, uh, it it just didn't look right at all. And I don't think any child, and then they started interviewing these mothers, like you said, yes, um, I'm, I'm living my life through my daughter. And that is so unfair because a lot of these daughters, they can't go out and play right. They can't get dirty. Um, they can't, you know, kids get dirty when they go out and play. They can't do this, they can't do that, they can't do this, they can't do that. Their studies probably, uh, you know, they probably didn't do as well as they could in school because they had to come home and immediately learn, you know, put your costumes on and immediately learn, you know, the, the bumping, the grinding and all this other stuff that they want you to do. 
and uh, some of them tried to sing, and some could actually sing a little bit, you bet. But on the other hand, do it in the proper way. That's what you encourage, not what these little girls were put through. And don't think there wasn't pedophiles in that audience, okay? They were like the pedophile's dream, I guess, because they found that out later on, too. They did a study of it. I'm glad you brought that up. They did a study of it, and they found out that, um, you know, a lot of those people in the audience, they had problems, okay? They were sexual deviants. And to put that on children, they lose their childhood. They absolutely do. And those children, as they get older, because they don't win every contest, do they? You know, you might find some really pretty little girl like Jean Venet. I thought she was beautiful, like a little doll. Um, maybe she won more contests than other kids, all right? Um, but sure, there, there were other kids that beat her out too, you know, that won over her. And um, then they feel so bad about themselves because they didn't meet their parents' expectations, just like we were talking about here, of who they should be and what they should be. So you see, then that brings in child abuse again because it's child abuse when a child can't be a child. They have to be what the parent wants them to be, and that messes with their mind, you can be sure. It will be interesting to find out who they really think, because they, they somehow they got DNA. I don't know. I don't know enough about it yet to talk more about it than that. But um, to find out who the true murderer was, you know, um, I have no idea at this point. But what we do to our children is despicable in a lot of different ways if we're bad parents. You also have to watch them closely because they will imitate other kids. This little granddaughter, well, you know, I was with her. I was her entertaining watching. She was doing those sexual dancing moves. And I was watching her ballet across this room back and forth. She happens to be hyperactive, and I recognize that. And she gave me that look when she did that move. I totally ignored her. I said, I will not respond to a child doing this. But that's how they compete. That has to be included in there, no matter how age. I mean, you're going to be three and four, and they're going to be teaching you that right off. You're going to have to move your legs this way. You're going to have to start learning how to climb up that pole. I've seen five-year-old kids contest doing pole dancing. I well, that was in the city. I saw, I saw that, too, in New York, over by Broadway before they cleaned it up. All right? See, you and I know that because we lived over there. So, I mean, um, there was all that garbage over there, and, and then they decided that those type of stores, uh, not stores, those type of places, ugh, um, had to be a certain amount of feet apart. And now that in that area, they're trying to clean it up even more, from what I understand, so that there isn't that stuff. But, yes, there were adults that did that, going up and down the poles and all this other stuff. But you can accept it better because that's a choice and they're adults. But a child? That's disgusting. As long as there's pedophiles out there, these shows will exist. That's right. That's exactly right. Now, the show is almost over. What time do you have? Where's my clock? 926. 
Okay. That's 927. This is a very good show. <laughs> we don't need anybody else, Lori. All we need is just you and I, you know, and this is the way it is. The last one on this list, I'm going to read it really quick, is sadness, and that's why we have to worry about our kids today and adults too. If you're depressed, all right, for two weeks, you go and get help, okay? And if your child, if you see different behavior patterns in your child, one minute they're bouncy, they're, they're wonderful, and all this other stuff, and all of a sudden they become, they retreat, and they want to stay away from people or certain people, there's a, a reason for that. And if they just become morose, as we used to say, morose, where they're, they're sad, there's a reason for that. And it's, it's depression. A lot of times depression sets in. could be conditional, and then depression sets in. So watch out for that. Get your child help if they're, you know, depressed and acting weird and different um, and want, don't want to play with their friends anymore and all this other stuff. Get them help. Uh, don't let more than two weeks go by. And if you're an adult, the same thing applies to the adult. Anyone can be depressed for a certain amount of times. But anything over that, watch out. Because suicide rate is huge right now. And our show is over. So I certainly hope that you learned a lot from the topics that we spoke about. And whoever, you know, I couldn't ask for a better partner than Lori because Lori is very smart. She doesn't know it, but I'm telling her. And she always has so much to um, to offer. And I thank you so much for being on my show. Well, I am always happy to be here. Well, I'm always happy to have you, and I don't care if you're red in the face or not, so there. <laughs> right. I don't know what happened to Michelle, by the way. Well, I, I have I know where she is, but anyway, we won't talk about that. But anyway, we'll have to um, reschedule her. So anyway, good night, because I'm down to 10 seconds now. Good night, God bless, and um, I'll be on tomorrow. We're going to have a guest tomorrow. And um, so it'll be another good show with this guest coming on. And, Lori, maybe you'll be able to come on, too. That's always great. I'll talk to you later. I'll be there. Okay, good. (laughs) I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Love Talk Radio.